the college football experience USFL coaches release show on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a thousand dollar risk free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head over to betterfantasy.com/sgpn. That's betterfantasy b e t t o r fantasy.com/sgpn. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at sobet.io/sgpn. That's sobet.io/sgpn. And of course, you're brought to you by us, the SGPN app. Yes, don't forget to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Hey, what's up, you degenerate gamblers? This is Bill Burr, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, baby. Welcome to the college football experience USFL show. That's a double standard. No, we'll talk more about that in a second. My name is Colby swinging database Dan, AKA pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows double the price, but no one touches Dundee. Yes, yes, yes. Look. One of my first memories as a child was this next guy and an, and another sibling of mine watching USFL in <laughs> uh in an old house that we lived in in the mid 80s. Uh give it up for the DFS guy himself, the rooftop IPA drinking. Brew making tobacco road living the free lock given former former Herndon Basketball League MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. What's up, man? How we doing? We're doing good, but first I just gotta just I just gotta uh go in here and talk about uh this theme right here. I got to get a better quality one. Beautiful. I still feel like it cracks, but it's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful league. <laughs> and like I said, one of my first memories, we had an addition in that, uh, that old house. And I remember you and another sibling um, uh, 
watching USFL football. And I came I there all as well. Yeah, it was good times. I mean, you know, the the funny thing is because we were obviously really young, but we weren't sure what we were watching. But it was kind of a, an exciting, you know, brand of football, and the the jerseys were new, the players were new. We kind of got, we kind of were all over it. We're like, what is this? This is pretty cool. Let's you know, let's watch as many of these games as possible. And and that was the league that was then playing at the spring before Donald Trump tried to rival it against the fall. And in the spring, I thought it was fantastic. Now they did start back in the day in February, but the weather elements were like, as a kid, I remember all these games in the snow, the rain, a lot of fun, just a lot of fun. Overall, a lot of great players came from that league. A lot of great players. I mean, from and then also we had, sorry to cut you off before you go into the players, but we had that, that VHS like highlight blooper tape of all USFL football. So not only did we watch some games, but we had this old VHS tape that we would put in and yeah, it was, it was hilarious. Cause yeah, there were snow games. There was like, you know, monsoon rainy <laughs> yeah, games yeah. and the, and the players, I mean, the players were legit. Oh, and, and hold on. What do you think the over under is on how many times we watched that? I want to say <laughs> like 50. <laughs> I, dude, I was going to say like 200. Yeah, maybe yeah, we'll go over. Uh, and th- that's why that, that music that you played is tattooed in my memory because you know, it brings back the memories being 10 years old and watching that uh, blooper slash highlight video, uh, yeah. video VHS tape. Yeah. But, but uh, okay. And, and obviously if you're a first time listener, you're wondering what the hell are they talking about? This league was, was phenomenal. Uh, it was actually growing. If you go, go watch the 30 for 30 on it. It was actually really growing. Had it not tried to go uh, in the fall against the NFL. Like I actually think we would have had spring football for the rest of our, or for my entire life, had they not been that dumb and they would have been growing and growing and growing. And it would have been very interesting to see how things would have shaken out. But player wise, Jim Kelly, Doug Williams, Steve young, Doug Flutie. Um, uh, I I'm forgetting more than, I mean, uh, Reggie white, Kent hole, um, Ricky, Mike Rozier. Yeah. Mickey, Ricky Sanders, Gary Clark. I mean, you can go on and on and on uh, Sean Landetta. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting more than Gary Zimmerman, a great tackle for the Minnesota Vikings and Denver Broncos. Um, what's his name? There was a linebacker. I mean, I feel like the bills had a lot. Kent hole, uh, that, that ended up the Redskins too. Kelvin Bryant. Yeah. 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 Um, but also coaches, Lee Corso. People don't know this. He was a, the coach of the Orlando, uh, <laughs> the Orlando Renegades. Uh, Jim Mora, before he was ever in the NFL, he won a, 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 a USF, USFL championship with the Philadelphia Stars. Um, other, I mean, June Jones got his first coaching uh, job there. Mouse Davis. I mean, we can go on and on and on about uh, how many careers this league started. Um, and they were only in existence for what three seasons, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what's crazy is you look each year they were growing at like a pretty fast rate for the spring. And then they they Donald Trump says, "Hey, now's the time to go to the fall." And then obviously you, the you art know, of the deal. Yeah. It's like <laughs> spring football could always work. We've long lobbied that. Uh it, it, and I I believe it, I mean, I'm really excited for the future of football with with you know, the, by the way, USFL is kicking off um, in on April, what is it? April 15th or April 16th, I believe. So and if you ask me, that's perfect. Cause college basketball is over. Uh, the masters weekend is over really the only person, the only, you know, sport you're competing with is major league baseball. So I think schedule wise, they timed it perfectly. <laughs> they might be on XFL. strike this year too. 
Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Baseball, exactly. Yeah. Uh, XFL a couple of years ago, starting in February. Was it, fe- was it February or was it early March? No, it was February. It was the week Febu- after week after the Super Bowl. Yeah. See, I tried to get into college basketball, you know, full time at that point. Maybe that's just myself. I mean, I, I understand starting the weekend after the Super Bowl, you know, in order to keep football fans just keep on going with football and not having a break. But uh, for me personally, I like it in the spring after college basketball is wrapped up after the masters. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Well, that's the thing is like you pull the, the numbers from some of those bowl games, like on Christmas, like the third or fourth bowl game, uh, watch bowl game. And, and I mean, I, I don't recall the name of the bowl off the top of my head, but that did better than anything the NBA put out. So when you see those numbers, you're like, huh? If they can get this many, if you can just get sustainable, if you have, and this is what I, I find about the USFL, I think it's the first time that we actually, well, it's the first time we've ever seen a company, a successful company own it. And they, uh, a company that owns the media rights deal, essentially like, you know what I mean? Like Fox sports owns it. They don't have to worry before your, your startup leagues had to worry about their TV contracts. The, right, the right. AAF, the XFL, they were paying for to, to play essentially. This is, I think even, I, I don't know uh, the ins and outs on the original USFL's deal, but I think they still had to do the same thing. I think this one has the best chance to survive because it's owned by Fox sports and, and gambling is legalized and it's becoming more and more legalized every single day. And also with them starting a year earlier than XFL, you have to think that puts them in the driver's seat to, at you know, at, at least be above the XFL as far as spring football goes. Yeah, yeah, we're 99 days away, man, and and look, I, but I like, I think there's room for all of it. This look, I'm a football junkie. I I think you can do. Um, okay, you start January off NFL playoffs. I think the college football playoffs should expand and play into January more. Then. Uh well and well and, and college football should just play into December more too but a couple like a week or two more into January I think then uh after the NFL you go right into the XFL season which is coming next year which I know you want to balance with college basketball and obviously college basketball will come first for me but I still love football and I would watch the XFL and then that season ends uh I think will be towards the end as the USFL kicks. And then the USFL kicks in this all the way into summer. I think it, uh, there's, this is a pretty cool idea that they do the, uh, the fourth, the fourth of July, I think the championship, um, oh, I like it. Um, and then that can hop into uh, NFL preseason, NFL everything. preseason. You get the CFL going and then college football we're, we're, we're loading up. And then August, obviously towards the end of August, we get all that. And I just think that's, that's the way it should be. You look at soccer in Europe. Uh, this is kind of what happens. They play soccer year round, right? I don't think you can ever get too much football. I don't know. I would. Gen- yeah. I mean, I, would, I I totally agree, and I still find it amusing that some people still hate on any kind of football league that's not the NFL. Like, look, you don't have to watch it, you don't have to pay attention, but they actively root for it to fail. I'll no, I'll never understand why. Uh, I I just find that interesting, but yeah, hey, the more football, the better. Yeah. And you know, obviously it's your choice. You don't have to follow along. You don't have to pay attention. Obviously if Fox sports owns the USFL, it's not going to get much pub on ESPN. 
Yeah, but that what's interesting about them already is they they got NBC to pay them for airtime. NBC lost the NHL to ESPN this past year, right? Yeah. So now in the spring they're like, "Well, shit, what are we what are we airing?" They then paid Fox. So Fox is already making money. Yeah. Off of this, which that's what I'm saying. Normally, that's not the case. The AAF, the XFL, they were paying to play. Right? right? It's completely different. And then another thing is the city of Birmingham I think it's a smart approach for the first season, especially as we're seeing COVID ramp up and destroy college basketball. Uh, They're in one location. They're doing this all at UAB stadium, brand new stadium in Birmingham. Yeah. I think it can work for the the first year. That's, 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 I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Especially in the middle of a pandemic. I believe it can work. Um, So it's going to, it's going to be interesting. The more I think about the whole Fox sports ESPN thing, you know, and so if spring football is here to stay, and if ESPN purposely does not shine a spotlight on USFL, perhaps it might shine an extra spotlight on XFL. And therefore, that one, because, uh, you know, hey, let's face it, as much as, I mean, ESPN's good in a lot of ways, but in, also in a lot of ways, we don't like ESPN. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a fair statement. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wonder if, if they give like unfair coverage or like non equitable coverage towards the XFL eventually. But all that, all that will work itself out. And if, you know, if the USFL, if they have a better brand and better quality football, then, you know, it might be to, to ESPN's detriment if they don't. Uh, you know, show highlights of it and talk about it and stuff. I, I was quickly trying to Google. I believe it, it, it's Eric Shanks, I think, or maybe it's Mark Silver. I, I can't remember. That was Fox Sports the, the, that was in on this deal, but I was, I read something that he was saying he thinks with, you know, tie ins to gambling now. I'm sure, you know, they'll have, you know, I don't know what it is, win bet, Fox Sports bet. I don't know. Uh, attached to these leagues and, and, they were saying on an interview that he thinks this will be the norm now that it's legal. Right. And you know, you mentioned, you know, why bowl games get such, you know, so many viewers, let's face it. I mean, football is the best sport to bet on. Yeah. Hands down, you know, and there's so many or play or play fantasy, you know, season long or DFS football lends itself to all that stuff more so than any other sport. And that's why it gets a lot of eyeballs or at least one of the reasons why. Yeah. And, and, but I just thought that was kind of compelling him think, you know, him saying that like, he thinks this is the future that the networks were owned in their own footballs or basketball leagues or baseball mm. leagues, even if it's not MLB or whatever, just so you can throw it on and you can, you'd be making money also from the betting side of it, the yeah. sponsors, from yeah. the gambling companies. Huh. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch, but anyway, today, so eight teams got reannounced. If, if you're just completely living under a rock, not paying attention to the USFL, Eight teams announces are the Michigan Panthers, and what's cool is they're all old teams. There's no expansion teams or anything. Michigan Panthers, New Jersey Generals, uh, Philadelphia Stars, Pittsburgh Maulers, uh, Birmingham Stallions, Houston Gamblers, New Orleans Breakers, Tampa Bay Bandits, and I believe they own a bunch of the other ones with the plan to uh, have them come in the coming years. Um, I think the Oakland Invaders, the Washington Federals, Chicago Blitz, all that stuff. Um, but those are the original eight right now that we'll have this spring. They've named some of the coaches today, just some of them. Uh, I, I think we're at five from what I understand. And I will, I will give you those ones. Now. Well, Kevin Sumlin, man. I mean, look, <laughs> he's back. 
Well, it's interesting because Kevin Sullivan, I know the last time he played in a game or he coached a game, you lost some money because you took uh, Arizona <laughs> against Arizona State. But <laughs> you love bringing that up. Oh, uh, it is a fun thing to bring up. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, when you look at it though, and look at these hires. Kevin Sumlin goes to the Houston Gamblers, which we love the Houston Gamblers. They've always been a cool team. They, they had Jim Kelly, Ricky Sanders, Clarence Verdan back in the day. Um, this, th- what do you, I mean, this guy had success at Houston. He had success. I was, I, I was going to say yeah. the same city where he had his most successful tenure, and that was the, the you know, University of, of uh, Houston Cougars. After that, it was a little bit downhill. You know, his first couple of years at Texas AM, 11 and 2 and 9 and 4. And I think at that time we're all like, wow, you know, Texas A&M made a great hire because uh, he, you know, that four years at Houston, he was, you know, very, it, very did a great job it, that last season. They were 12 and one. I think they beat Oklahoma that year. If, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, and then, you know, two nice years right off the bat in college station. And we're like, wow, you know, Kevin Sumlin is, you know, going up and up and up. And then things kind of crumbled. I mean, and that was never awful. He had what three seasons in a row at eight and five. And then he went seven and five in his last season. And, but at that point or towards the end of his tenure there, we started to fade someone yeah. uh, because his, his teams just, it, they kind of looked unprepared. Um, and then even when Arizona hired and we we're like, I don't know about that hire. And sure enough, he wasn't, you know, very good uh, for a university of Arizona. So I don't know. I mean, he has the name, he still has that name factor, which is a good thing. But overall, I don't know how good of a coach he is. I don't know if he can rekindle what he had at Houston, possibly. And he's also the general manager, which is interesting because uh, they have a draft coming in February. But um, I don't know how I feel about that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, this guy played uh, at Purdue. I don't know if you know this, Nick. He played at Purdue with Rod Woodson, Chris Dishman, Fred Strickland, the linebacker from the Rams back in the day. Mel Gray was also yeah. on that team. That was a good team. I think uh, Jim Everett might have been on that team as well. As well, so uh, uh, yeah. I mean, he's been got a he's got a rich history in football. The guy's been a part of the sport since 1983. So hey, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to to, to see him uh, at this level. Hey, he has 13 years head coaching experience in major college football. So at least you know he uh, checks the box as far as experience goes. And then you get Bart Andrus. <laughs> Great name. I love the fact this is my favorite hire. Uh, he, he ends up going to uh, the Philadelphia stars. Um, my, he's my, fa- he's just a football junkie. This is what I enjoy about him. Okay. He played at Los Angeles Valley junior college, which I don't think they play anymore. Um, he then was at Montana. He transferred from there to Montana, played quarterback and punter. Then he has, he, this guy's coached high school. He coached B- at BYU as a grad assistant. Then Humboldt State doesn't even play football anymore. Then Montana State. Then Southern Championships. Utah. <laughs> yeah, my, the, yeah. Montana State's in the FCS championship. Go listen to our FCS championship preview and our Georgia, uh, Alabama national championship preview as well um, on the college football experience. But then he goes to Southern Utah. But then he was at he was at a, a, a coach of Rocky Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is a football junkie. Cause any football team, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It says Rocky mountain on Wikipedia and, and the battle and bears. I don't know what the hell they were. I think so it's, NAIA, it's, it's Rocky mountain college. Yeah. <laughs> then from there, he must've done something right because the Tennessee Oilers hired him. 
<laughs> then he was at the Tennessee Oilers for three years, and then he ends up going to the World League with the Rhine Fire and the Amsterdam Admirals, right? He comes back to the Tennessee Titans after that, right? Then he goes to the Toronto Argonauts in the CFL. Then he goes to the Omaha Nighthawks as an OC and a coach. That's, I think that was United Football League. Right. Then he goes. I don't recall the the UFL. (laughs) Then he goes to the St. Louis Rams. So he keeps like, in in a way, it's like failing upward. And then uh, Feather River College, Feather River College, right in Quincy, California. I don't know where the fuck that is. I live in California. Um, Then he he was part of the spring league, and then uh, and now he he was part of then the Ottawa GGS. <laughs> and now he's the Philadelphia. This guy's, I think I might have to be a Philadelphia Stars fan because this guy's a football junkie. He's coached at every fucking level. Um, I, what do you make of the hire? He's 63 years old. So the one thing he has going for him is that he's used to start up, you know, B League football. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he's he's used to, you know, the players, you know, like the the level below the NFL. Uh, so, I mean, he's been around the block. That's for damn sure. He's got a ton of experience. I've never heard of him, but uh, I think it, it makes some sense, you know, especially you're going to have, he's going to be somewhat of a consistent person. You know, he, he's not, when you don't know what's going on, you don't know who's your, who your roster is going to be. You don't know who you're going to be playing, you know, first ever league or first, first ever season in this league. I think it makes sense to, to have a guy who has been in the world league, the CFL, every other kind of league that's ever existed. So I've never heard of him, but I, I like it. I, the guy's experienced. And like I said, he's coached everywhere. So I think it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board. Then we have Mike Riley. Mike Riley is now the, you you remember Mike Riley. I mean, from my, I mean, Nebraska fans hate him. Oregon state fans love him. Um, he was great at Oregon state. Um, I mean, Mike Riley he, he failed with the San Diego chargers when they had Ryan leaf. Um, but Mike Riley's a, a name of uh, you know, he's had great success in the sport. I like this hire as well. Yeah. I mean, he had what two different stints at Oregon state, I believe. Right. Yeah. And he had great uh, success there. He only struggled at Nebraska, but I mean, it, okay. In the, by the way, he played for bear Bryant. Do I need to mention that uh, Mike Riley played for bear Bryant? <laughs> Oh, um, see, he's 68. He's getting up there too. Well, this is but. what's great. L- look at this one. L- l- let me, let me go through what he's been through here. All right. He, he was at GA at Cal Cal Berkeley, then Whitworth, which I don't know where the hell that is. Then he became a defensive coordinator at Linfield college. Then he goes to the Winnipeg blue bombers where he was a DB coach. Then Northern Colorado as a defensive coordinator, then the Winnipeg blue bombers as a head coach. Then Remember the World League back in 1991 before they went <laughs> right. to Europe? Right. He was the San Antonio Riders head coach. So once again, you know, a guy <laughs> who's coached at a lot of different leagues makes sense. <laughs> then he goes to USC. And by the way, when he's at USC, and he's notorious for this, I saw Colin Coward talk about this today. He uh he alerts I from struggling I'm struggling to remember the name of the USC head coach right now in, in that era. Um it wasn't uh it was the guy on the Seahawks? No, no, it was pre Carol. It was pre it was pre Hackett. Paul mm. Hackett. It was uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. I know it though. But uh 
he recommends that they recruit Tom Brady and and they say no. He's like, we really? should get Tom Brady, right? He's a stud. I'm telling you, he's gonna be a stud. They ignore him. The rest is history. Um, but then after USC, he goes to Oregon State, where he, he he turns around that program. That program was terrible before Mike Riley. He's he does such a good job that the San Diego Chargers hire him as head coach. He struggled there. After that, though, he goes to the New Orleans Saints, then back to Oregon State, and then Nebraska, and then back to Oregon State as a consultant. And then he was with the AAF San Antonio Commanders, that were pretty decent. And even la- uh, uh, right before COVID, he was in the XFL with the Seattle Dragons as their OC and quarterback coach. I love it. I love it. This guy's doing everything. Um, so again, like geographically speaking, he had his most success in the Pacific Northwest, and he'll be coaching the Seattle Dragons. No, no, he was. No, that was yeah. the last. Yeah, okay. he is coaching the New Jersey Generals. So well, then scratch, scratch what I just said. Yeah, no, <laughs> but but I just think you know football. He, dude. Yeah. Look, I mean, the guy's from, uh, yeah, he grew up in Idaho, but he he played under Bear Bryant. So you take him all the way down to uh, Alabama. He's been everywhere. When you've done this much football coaching, <laughs> you've been everywhere. Yes, he's had great success in the Northwest, but uh, I think it's relevant here. I think he's got to get it done wherever he goes. Um, and then uh, we have Todd Haley, who I think people will know as being an offensive coordinator of the uh, of the Steelers, and I think the Chiefs, if memory serves me correct. Right. right. Um, also, I think he was a no. He he was head coach of the Chiefs. Was he head coach? Yeah, that's yes. right. He was. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he's got an interesting career because Todd Haley. Uh, he came up through the New York Jets as a scouting assistant, then a wide receivers coach, then Chicago Bears uh, coach, then Dallas Cowboys, then Arizona Cardinals, then Chiefs, Steelers, Browns. Then uh, a high school, and then the Tampa Bay Bandits land him in the USFL. Um, so this guy strictly NFL. It'll be interesting to see that. What do you make of that hire? What is the the high school stint? Is that was he like coaching his son? God, I mean, because be. you go from offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns all the way to <laughs> Riverview High School. That's, that's quite the drop. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, you know, it is not really saying anything here. So I don't know. I don't know why he was coaching high school. Uh, you know, I was never a huge Todd Haley fan. I think I remember some run-ins with him and Big Ben, and I think ultimately Big Ben wanted him fired, and that's why he left the um, Steelers. But look, once again, I mean, for a startup league, I think he has a name and he has lots of experience, so why not? But I might look to fade the uh, Tampa Bay Bandits. Oh, there you go. Well, and then look, there's there's four other teams out there. They're going to release them, but I, we have some inside Iggy here. Gene Chizik is apparently, I think, the Birmingham Stallions coach. Gene Chizik. Okay, that is geographically based. Yes, yes. That I mean, first <laughs> he won off, a national championship at Auburn. He won a national championship at Auburn. He he uh, p- played at Florida. Um, coached at uh, Clemson. Coached at UCF, close coached at Auburn, at Texas, at North Carolina, at Iowa State, at Stephen F. Austin, at Middle Tennessee. Um, Birmingham Stallions are going to land him. It seems like it seems like that's a done deal. So then there's three teams left: the Pittsburgh Maulers, the Michigan Panthers, and the New Orleans Breakers. What I'm proposing, Nick, before we get out of here on USFL, is Paul Johnson goes to the Pittsburgh Maulers. Hire him. Oh. Do I mean, that. The, the nickname is perfect, right? Yeah, exactly. For a triple option team, yes. the Maulers. Please do that. They're not going to have the balls to do that, but please do that. <laughs> I want June Jones 
to the Michigan Panthers, and I went Jerry Glanville as his defensive coordinator. Boom, perfect. Glanville uh, used to coach with the Lions back with Bill Belichick, and uh, June Jones used to coach with the Lions with Wayne Fonts. It makes sense. All right, then New Orleans Breakers. I want them to hire Ed Orgeron. <laughs> Dude, that'd be awesome. Please, I, I hope they do it. Please, <laughs> I don't know if Ed, if Coach o even wants to coach right now. He's he just wants to chase you know, chase he women. Can chase and, ass and coach football. You know he's into football all the time. Hire Coach O. All right, please. And I want yeah. to announce that yes, we will have a USFL podcast. It's official. We will have the USFL Gambling Experience podcast coming in, oh, the, in the next couple wow. of weeks. Yes. Is it I, too early to pick our favorite team? Uh, no. We're gonna say that. I mean, well, look, I was all on board with the Houston Gamblers for for years, but I I kind of it 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 if 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 the Michigan Panthers hire June Jones and Jerry Glanville, I think I would have to go there. It, it's kind of hard right now not knowing some of the coaches, but so just off the bat, with Sumlin at the as the the Houston Gamblers coach, I can't go there. Uh, I can't go Chisnick because I think his national championship was kind of, of a flash in the pan luck with cam Newton. Yeah. Um, I can't root for New Jersey. That's for sure. Philadelphia. Stars. <laughs> no, I can't root for Philly. No, <laughs> Philly's just like New, New Jersey. I think what it is. I think it's pretty clear. Pittsburgh Maulers, man, Pittsburgh Maulers over the Michigan Panthers. Yeah. yeah. Michigan Panthers. Kind of, I, don't, I don't like it one bit. <laughs> uh, if, if anything right now, I think it would, it would be between the new Orleans breakers, but that's kind of Breakers is probably the worst of all the nicknames. I enjoy it though because it's campy. The, their little logo, their uniforms are hilarious to me. I, yeah, I, it's a little too soft. I'm gonna go Pittsburgh Maulers. <laughs> I think the New Orleans Breakers are on par with the Creamsicle Buccaneers, and I, I enjoy that. I think it creates an identity of like, hey, we this is how we do things, you know? Like I don't know. <laughs> if I was going strictly off nickname, then obviously I think the Gamblers and the Bandits are probably the best ones. Yeah, yeah, but I they're mean, the I, most badass. It broke my heart I, that they didn't bring back. Well, first off, the Memphis Showboats. Which they yeah. still have the rights to, so bring yeah. that. Hopefully, that's okay. next year, and the San Antonio Gunslingers, because th- that's a great name. Great name, even great names, the but Arizona Outlaws, I thought was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, the Pittsburgh Maulers, because that's unique. I mean, you're yeah. not gonna find any kind of Maulers anywhere. I mean, people don't even really use that word anymore, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, you know, my er, out early in the lead is the Pittsburgh Maulers, for, for me at least. Yeah, I agree. And uh, look, d- don't worry. The USFL, we're going to have more on this as the USFL gambling podcast. Uh, we'll One more ha- thing Pittsburgh, yeah. great beer drinking town. And that, you know, I mean, there's as, especially, I mean, New Orleans is right up there too, obviously. But Pittsburgh, great beer drinking town. Go Maulers. Pittsburgh Sorry, go is uh, the worst, I think, one of the worst cities. If you had to ask me, what city, if I didn't know what city, if you had to drop me down from space and say, hey, we're going to throw you in a random city and you're going to have to get in a bar fight. Pittsburgh will be the <laughs> last one. I feel like every guy in Pittsburgh can build you a house. Um, so <laughs> look, the USFL, we will have you covered. We're going to have the USFL gambling podcast, and that will be from the college experience guys and, and other uh, sports gambling podcast network uh, contributors. So the USFL is coming guys. What is best in life? Crush your enemies, see them driven before you. Yes. 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 All right. This is the college football experience. USFL edition. We'll see who the other three coaches will be. Hopefully it's what I said. All right. 
This is the college football experience. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here. <laughs>